0: The book of Revelation is such a mystery to many. However, it is meant to be understood. On this edition of End of the Age, we will analyze the prophetic perspective of Revelation chapter five and provide an overview using timelines of this very insightful last book of the Bible. You're listening
1: to an End of the Age Encore presentation.
0: The, the book of Revelation is such an exciting book because it deals mostly with the events that will occur in the end times. The book of Revelation is it's not really the book of Revelation per se. It's the first verse of the first chapter says the revelation of Jesus Christ. The word revelation comes from the Greek word apocalypsis, which means the revealing or the unveiling of something. Well, this is the unveiling of Jesus Christ. That's the design of the entire book of Revelation. Revelation contains four very dramatic and exciting accounts of the second coming of Jesus Christ Back to this earth. Oh, aren't we looking for that day? I've been waiting for that time a long time now. And what a wonderful time that will be when we get to see him face to face. The theme of the entire book of Revelation is found in a specific passage. And it says, behold, he cometh with clouds and every eye shall see him. And they also which pierced him. And all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him. Even so, amen. That's Revelation chapter 1, verse 7. Every eye is going to behold him. For some, it will be the best day they've ever experienced. But for others, maybe not so. I want to take a moment right here at the beginning of this lesson to look at the writer of the book of Revelation. While the the author was God, God was the author of the entire Bible. He had different secretaries. He did choose John the Revelator to record these events in the book of Revelation, showing him the future through many, many visions. And wow, what, a, what visions that John saw, right? The book of Revelation was written on the Isle of Patmos off the coast of Turkey. And I've been to the Isle of Patmos uh, a couple times and it's a beautiful island. And John was preaching the gospel with such power that it was revolutionizing society as all of the apostles were. And because of this, He was exiled to the Isle of Patmos. And here he writes this fabulous book, the book of Revelation. And he tells us in Revelation 1, verse 9 through 10, he says, I, John, who also am your brother and companion in tribulation and in the kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ, was in the Isle of Patmos, the Isle called Patmos, For the word of God, for what I was preaching, and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. The Bible says that they filled Jerusalem with their doctrine and all the surrounding areas. And John said, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day, and I heard behind me a great voice as of a trumpet. This is in Revelation chapter 1. So John is going to be given all these visions, and he's going to write these things. And many of these things, from Revelation 4, 1, many of those events would occur during our lifetime. Some of them were uh, over a 1,000 years ago, the opening of some of the seals. But, or at least the first seal, I should say. But many of them would happen <clears throat> during our lifetime. And some of them would be future events, like the 1,000-year the millennial reign and the second coming Uh, The Battle of Armageddon, things like that. Some of them were future events from us right now. So let's go through a a chronology of events in the book of Revelation very quickly. We'll go through Revelation chapter 5. And then perhaps at at the remainder of this segment, maybe in the next, we'll go through a review. Because I know many of you all are, are studying, you're writing us, uh, questions and asking all kinds of things. You're teaching these in Bible studies and your Sunday school classes. Many pastors are wanting to know about the book of Revelation. So I'll go through a quick review of the entire book of Revelation and show how it's structured before the end here. So really quick, there are three categories of events in the book of Revelation. The Bible clearly tells us this in Revelation 119. So it's, it's one of the the turning point scriptures of the entire book. It's, it's one of the keys that opens the entire book of Revelation to us. John was told to write the things which thou hast seen. Now remember, these are visions. The visions that thou hast seen, the things which are on the earth at the time of the second coming of John, Je- uh, at the time of John in his era, and then the things which shall be hereafter, the prophetic portion of the book of Revelation. So the scripture tells us that everything in the book of Revelation falls into one of these three categories. Book of Revelation is not totally prophetic, as some believe. Revelation chapter 1 through 3 tells of things that John has seen, the things that which are, or in other words, events that John had already seen in visions, as, as well as Situations that were in existence in John's world about 2,000 years ago now. And if you keep this in mind when you're trying to figure all of this out, it will help you understand what you read because you can get everything in perspective, know about when things happened or when they will happen and future events. I mean, it really unlocks the book of Revelation for you. So verse one of chapter four marks the beginning of the things which shall be hereafter. And look at what it says in the verse. It says, John said, after this, I looked and behold, a door was open in heaven. And the first voice, which I heard was as it were a a trumpet talking with me, which said, Hey, John, come up hither and we will show these things which must be hereafter. Now, remember, these are visions that John had seen of things that would come to pass. It was not a, an account of the rapture and things like that. That simply, it, you, once you understand the segments, Revelation 119, then you understand what John's talking about here. And when he says, hey, John, come up hither and we will show you things which must be hereafter. It's simply going to be John being given visions of things that would transpire in the future. Symbolic visions of heaven. I mean, he saw all kinds of things, Throughout the book of Revelation. And we will get into some of these things throughout this program. It's Revelation 4, verse 1 is really a, a major turning point that many people miss. And it's a key point that has caused many to really misinterpret the entire book of Revelation. But if you understand Revelation 119 and Revelation 4.1, it opens everything. Does the
2: book of Revelation frighten you? Do its symbols confuse you? For centuries, the book of Revelation has been misunderstood and misinterpreted. In Revelation, The Unveiling of Jesus Christ, Volume 1, Irvin Baxter unlocks the mystery of the book of Revelation with in-depth analysis and commentary like you've never heard before. This 10-part definitive DVD series and 268-page comprehensive commentary book covers the first 12 chapters of the book of Revelation. Featuring on-location photography, classic artwork, and symbolic illustrations you'll walk away with complete understanding and peace about the events happening during the final years on earth. These comprehensive study tools, available for $299, will deepen your biblical understanding as you dig into the original intent of the book, answering the mysterious prophecies and symbols of the book of Revelation. Don't miss this special offer. Call now, one 800 end or go to endtime.com to order. Call or go online now to get this comprehensive Bible study.
3: You're
1: listening to an end of the age encore presentation.
0: I want to mention a a wonderful resource for everyone that my father-in-law Irvin Baxter finished just before he passed away, just just weeks before he passed away back on November 3rd of 2020. And it is our understanding the end time, or it's the Revelation commentary, the the unveiling of Jesus Christ. And it's two volumes. The book of Revelation is full of prophecy. And so he did a comprehensive commentary, a Revelation commentary, going all the way through the entire book, unlocking the keys, unlocking the doors all the way through the book of Revelation and making it very understandable. And so there are two books, it's two volumes, part one and two. There are DVDs that go with it, there are books that go with it, and it's something that you can use. It's a resource like no other that really helps you to understand the book of Revelation. It's one of the major prophecy books in the entire Bible. I mean, you have the book of Daniel and Isaiah and Zechariah, there's many of them. But when you come to the book of Revelation, it's the one that kind of wraps it all up. And so that's why we put out a commentary. It's my father-in-law, Irvin Baxter's, life's last big project ever. And it is one of the best resources that I know of on the planet. I don't know of anything else like it. And I've been through so much stuff over the years going through the book of Revelation. So you can call 1-800-363-8463 to get your copy or go to www.endtime.org. Dot com And get these valuable resources for your library. If you're a pastor, if you're a Bible study teacher or just somebody wanting to know about the book of Revelation, what's all these symbols and all these beasts and all these things represent and the timing of it all. This lays it out perfectly. It's a wonderful resource. So pick it up today. Now. Another very important thing to understand when we're going through all this is that the future is described in, in the book of Revelation in four different ways through four major categories of events. These categories are the seven seals, the seven trumpets, the seven vials, and the seven thunders. And although the seals, trumpets, and vials are explained in, in great length, the thunders are not explained at all in, in Revelation 10.4. Um, the Bible says, and when the sun, when the seven thunders had uttered their voices, John was about to write and he heard a voice from heaven and saying, no, no, John don't write this seal up those things, which the seven thunders uttered and don't write them. So that tells us something very important, about, um, that God only allowed John to write what he wanted understood. And you can begin to understand how the book of Revelation fits together by comparing the seals, trumpets, and vials. The seals are the very long story or a, a, um, a series of events that have occurred over a long period of time, ending with the second coming of Jesus Christ and the battle of Armageddon. The trumpets are a shorter story or a shorter series of events that ended at the same place, the second coming, the battle of Armageddon. And the vials are a very short story or series of events that end at the second coming in the battle of Armageddon. They all begin at different times, but they end at the same time. And as we go through this this lesson, I'm going to explain what the seals, trumpets, and vials are as we go. And you will see that God treated these prophecies as he did the four gospels, I mean, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John tells the same story from four different perspectives. Well, God wrote the book of Revelation in much the same way. He tells the revealing of Jesus Christ, the unveiling from four different stories. And it's really neat once it unfolds in front of you. A lot of people teach that it, the, the uh, majority of the book of Revelation only occurs during the final seven years the seals, trumpets, and vials. But once you understand that, you'll find out that it's a lot longer than that. Not everything is contained in that final seven year period. It really helps to understand all these things. So that brings me to chapter five, Revelation chapter five. A lot of people just find it really hard to explain Revelation chapter four and five and other parts, but especially these two. So in previous segments, I covered chapter four. In chapter 5, we see a, a very dramatic occurrence. We see the Lamb suddenly take the book out of the right hand of him who sits on the throne. And this is very important because the book contains the seven seals. This is what's going to set everything in motion here, if you will. And the seven seals is one of the four sevens of the part of the skeletal structure of the book of Revelation. If if no one was worthy to open the seals, then we would not know the content of the seals, right? And this is included in Revelation chapter 5. However, we do know and we will learn about the seven seals in the next two chapters. When you get into chapters 6 and 7, it gets into the um, the seals there. And so... Uh, when you, but not only will we watch as the Lamb opens the seals here in chapter 5, but we'll understand uh, what the seals represent. If, when we get into other lessons, probably won't cover some of that today, but it's all included in, these, um, in the Revelation commentary that Irvin wrote, and we'll be talking about it in future segments. So this is going to be a, a, a revelation that will enlighten all of us concerning what is happening in our world right now. So, in a quick review, back when we talked about Revelation chapter four verse one, it begins the prophetic portion of the book of Revelation, where John was told, "Hey, John, come up hither, write the things which must be hereafter." And then he sees in heaven one throne, one that sat upon the throne, and he also saw twenty-four seats that sat uh, upon by the twenty-four elders. The twenty-four elders represent the twelve apostles. ...of the New Testament and the 12 tribes of Israel in the Old Testament. The names of the 12 apostles are found on the 12 foundations of the New Jerusalem... ...described in Revelation chapter 21. And the names of the 12 tribes of Israel are engraved on the 12 gates of the New Jerusalem. So the scripture tells us the New Jerusalem is the bride... And the bride is the church. That's 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 2. Also in this scene, because you say, well, I thought we were on chapter 5. Well, I wanted to make sure we kind of brought you up to speed here. Because if I just jumped off to chapter 5, I thought that, you know, it, for somebody who's just tuning in, they might say, wow, I, I don't really understand this. I want to make sure that you get it. So I'm bringing you through chapter 4 into 5. And to help you understand. So also in this scene, in chapter 4, John saw there were seven lamps before God's throne. The passage tells us the seven lamps are the seven spirits of God. Well, next we saw four living creatures. And we discovered that in the book of Ezekiel, chapter 1 and chapter 10 that those four living creatures are actually cherubim. Now, if you read, like we've said many times, when you're trying to understand any topic in the Bible, you've got to tie all the verses into it. I've had many people call me and say, or write us in a question and say, hey, what in the world is going on in Revelation chapter four? There's these four living creatures, the face of a, a, a man and a calf and an eagle and a lion, and what in the world's going on here? I don't want to go to heaven if it's going to be all those crazy things running around. Well, those are symbolic. You've got to realize the symbolism of these chapters. And if you go to other scriptures, many times, when you go back to the Old Testament, they will tell you what these things represent. So these four living creatures in Revelation chapter 4 are cherubims, a special order of angels that will be in heaven. And so you're not going to see some of these things running around heaven when we all get there. Finally, we saw that God as uh, one sitting on the throne and he was the focus of the entire scene that John found himself observing. I mean, he's seen a vision of all this and what wonderful visions that he saw. I mean, I would love to see visions like that someday. Beyond that, I want to go there. I want to make sure my name's in the Lamb's Book of Life so I go to heaven. There's nothing more important to me on this planet than making sure my name is in the Lamb's Book of Life and making sure that I can get as many other people's names written in there as possible. You say, well, how do you do that? You can't write their name in there. That's absolutely correct. But by sharing the gospel of the kingdom of God to every creature on the earth, and then those individuals believe that and obey the gospel, they can get their name in the land's book of life. That's my job on the earth today. So very, very important. And if you're a Christian, that's your job as well. Get your name in the Land's book of life and get everybody you can get your hands on. Share the gospel everywhere. Plant those seeds. The Bible says one plants, one waters. God gives the increase. That's how this great end time revival is going to happen. It's going to be people planting the seeds in the earth, the gospel of the kingdom of God. And the Bible says if you sow sparingly, you're going to reap sparingly. But if you sow bountifully everywhere, then you can expect to reap a great harvest. And that's exactly what we're doing here at End Time Ministries. We're sharing the gospel of the kingdom of God around the world because the end time is now, and we've got that end time revival in view. Now, the seven seals. We're going to get into the, uh, Revelation chapter 5. In Revelation 5, verse 1 through 2, we read, And I saw in the right hand of him... This is John. I saw in the right hand of him... That sat on the throne, a book written within and on the backside, sealed with seven seals. And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the book and to loose the seals thereof? Now remember, this is part of the skeletal structure of the book of Revelation, so it's pretty important we understand this, right? So, what did the Apostle John see? Well, he sees. God Almighty sitting on the throne. He has this book in his right hand, but the book is sealed and no one can read the book. So what's the point in that if no one can read it, right? Well, remember, there's a lot of symbolism here and you've got to understand these things as we go through here. A voice cries out saying, who is worthy to loose the seals So we can read the contents of the book. We need to remember that there are seven seals and the entire book of Revelation is built around four groups of seven. This is so critical, everybody. The seven seals, the seven trumpets, the seven thunders and the seven vials. That's the skeletal structure of the entire book. Now, that's not the segments and different things. Again, that's the skeletal structure. So there are several things going on here in the book of Revelation you need to understand. A skeletal structure, a segmentation, and then the four accounts of the second coming of Jesus Christ. These are all going on as we go through here. And that's why it's important that you can unlock all of these things as we go, and it will help you understand the book of Revelation. You know, it's amazing that God himself is there in Revelation chapter 5, if you remember the vision. And yet, John said... No one was worthy to open the book. Revelation chapter 5 verse 3 through 4 states it this way. It says, And no man in heaven nor in earth, neither under the earth, was able to open the book, neither to look thereon. And John said, "I I wept much because no man was found worthy to open and to read the book, neither to look thereon. So, it is important to understand that Almighty God is on the throne. He's seeing a vision here. But according to the passage, he was not worthy to open the book. Now think about that. Well, John wept because no man in heaven and on earth or, or, or on earth was worthy to open the book. But look closely at what happens next. And remember, this is, this is symbolism here. The Bible says, and one of the elders said unto John, well, weep not, John. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, hath prevailed to open the book and to loose the seven seals thereof. Now, you and I both know that the seals were opened and the, we know what those events are. The, spirit, the first four spirits, the great tribulation, all the different things. We know what they are. So we know, once you study all of this, What's coming. And it's very important because it helps us understand these things. We know that John's going to see a vision of somebody opening a book, the book. So the Bible says Revelation 5, 5, and hath prevailed to open the book and to loose the seven seals thereof. Well, who's the root of David? Well, obviously, God was the root of David. He created Adam and Eve, and David came from the lineage of Adam and Eve. The verse says, the root of David hath prevailed to open the book. The next scripture reveals, and I beheld in lo, in the midst of the throne and the four beasts and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb as it had been slain, having seven horns, seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent forth into all the earth. That's Revelation 5, 6. So what we are seeing here. We, are, we see a lamb standing in the midst of the throne. And when we see a lamb in the Bible, well, almost every time, except for the lamb, which is the false prophet in Revelation 13, it refers to Jesus Christ, the lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, right? So are we literally seeing Jesus? Does Jesus have seven horns? Does Jesus have seven eyes? Does Jesus have a gnash in his neck, uh, a gash in his neck as though he had been slain? Well, of course not. We see Jesus, and he will not look anything like that when we see him when we get to heaven. So it's very important that we understand these things. We've, we've gotten through a lot in this segment in Revelation chapter 5. And when we come into the next segment, we're going to go a little bit further, a little bit deeper. And then we're going to go through a lot of review and really help us understand this fabulous book of Revelation. Major
4: Internet companies are silencing and censoring Christian voices online. These companies are trying to control what you see and hear. Almost 200 videos of ours have been marked as restricted online right now. That's why we launched End of the Age Plus, a platform where the truth won't be censored, a platform where we can preach the message of the gospel. When you subscribe to End of the Age Plus today for just $12.99 a month, You can watch all of our content in a secure, easy-to-view way from your favorite device. When you go to watch.endtime.com and subscribe, you'll get instant access to all of our teaching resources, including Revelation, the unveiling of Jesus Christ, Understanding the End Time, End Time Magazine, and so much more. We will not censor our message to comply with what the world deems as politically correct. Go to watch.endtime.com right now or search into the H Plus in the App Store or Google Play.
1: If your station only carries the first 30 minutes of End of the Age, go to endtime.com and click the watch button to continue today's broadcast. You can also finish up later by clicking the archive button. You're listening to an End of the Age Encore Presentation. We're
0: continuing with our study of Revelation chapter 5, analyzing this chapter today, and we're discussing the lamb as a symbolic view of Jesus. And when we think of the lamb, the lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world, but when we get to heaven, we're not going to see a lamb with seven horns and all many eyes and a gash in its neck. No, this is not what Jesus is going to, this is not what the Lamb's going to look like when we get to heaven. That would scare everybody to death. And I've had people actually email me questioning, saying, if these things are up there, that's that's crazy. I don't want to see that kind of stuff. So what does this mean? That's the question, right? Well, this is a symbolic picture of God becoming the lamb before becoming the lamb. God could not open the seals of the judgment. After he became the lamb, he was then worthy to open the book. This is an old there there is an old saying that says hey a person's not worthy to judge a man until he walks a mile in his shoes, right? So the lamb took the book out of the right hand of him that sat on the throne. This is not one god taking the book out of the right hand of another god. I mean, we all believe in one god, right? This passage says and he came and took the book out of the right hand of him that sat on the throne. And when remember, this is symbolic. You've got to understand this. And when he had taken the book, the four beasts and the four and 20 elders fell down before the lamb, having every one of them harps and a golden vials of odors, which are the prayers of the saints. That's Revelation 5, verse 7 through 8. So when we see this symbolic prophetic scene in heaven of a lamb having seven horns and seven eyes and as it had been slain, taking the book out of the right hand of him that sits on the throne. This is simply a picture of how God came to the earth to bridge the gap between divinity and humanity. And that is when God was manifest in a fleshly form. Revelation 5, verse 9 through 10, it reveals people before the throne. And they sung a new song saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof. For thou wast slain, and hast redeemed us to God by the blood out of every kindred, tongue, people, and nation, and hast made us unto our God kings and priests, and we shall reign on the earth. How did Jesus prevail to open the book? The man Christ Jesus had to endure the cross in order to be worthy to open the seals. Satan is presently the ruler of this world. The Bible calls him the God of this world. That's, uh, what would that be? 2 Corinthians 4.4. You and I are his replacement. Jesus came to produce a replacement for Satan. The Bible says, but the meek shall inherit the earth. That's Psalm 37.11. We will rule and reign as kings and priests with Christ on earth For the 1,000-year millennial reign. That's the reason Satan hates God's people so much. Jesus paid the price for our redemption. Um, Revelation 5, verse 11 through 12 depicts what is happening in heaven. John described what he saw. He said, Uh, And I beheld and I heard the voices of many angels round about the throne and the beast and the elders. You see all the symbolism here? If you don't understand the symbolism, you're going to be saying, I don't even really want to study this book. But once you understand the symbolism, it opens this up like a beautiful rose. The Bible goes on to say, and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. Jesus was worthy because he died in our place, paying the price for our redemption. In this scripture, we see the living creatures, the the cherubim, the angels, a special order of angels, the elders, and hundreds of millions of angels surrounding them. This verse says the number of angels was 10,000 times 10,000. Multiply 10,000 times times 10,000. That's 100 million. There were at the very least 100 million angels. And these hundreds of millions of angels worshiped the Lamb, Jesus Christ. Remember, what I say the book of Revelation was all about? The unveiling of Jesus Christ. Revelation 5, verse 13 through 14, tells us that every creature should worship God. The Bible says, And every creature which is in heaven and on earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea, and all that are in them heard I saying, Blessing, honor, glory, and power be unto him that sits on the throne and unto the Lamb forever and ever. And the four beasts, amen, said, And the four and twenty elders fell down, worshiped him that liveth forever and ever. The one on the throne became the lamb. And the only then was he worthy to open the seals. King David in Psalm 150 verse 6, he declared, he said, Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. If you're breathing right now, you need to praise the Lord. He is the source of all power and life. Your very next heartbeat, your very next breath comes from the Lord. Above everything else, he is the source of our redemption and salvation. Philippians two eleven, it declares, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord and to the glory of God the Father. Ephesians four five explains there is only one Lord. It says one Lord, one faith, one baptism. It's after this we move straight into Chapter six, and the seals begin to be opened. Isn't this book of Revelation awesome? I love this book. But if you don't understand it, it does you no good, right? That's why we talk so much about the book of Revelation. There are so many uh, nuggets of truth and just things to unlock this end time experience that we're going to go through, that we're actually going through right now you realize that many of the prophecies in the book of Revelation have already occurred. We've only have a few left until the second coming of Jesus Christ, everybody. So we don't have to wonder, are we in the end time? Hmm, let me see. No, it's easily proven that we're in the end time because of all the prophecies that have occurred up to this point and the ones that we're living through right now. So, what I want to do is a quick review because we spent many sessions on the book of Revelation in several chapters. And over the last few segments, we, we covered a lot of information. And if we don't do a review, sometimes you can say, man, I just am, I'm swimming in information here. I didn't get much from that, I didn't retain much. So, I want to do a quick review over. Some timelines and some different things to help you really grasp this wonderful book of Revelation. And really in an effort to solidify everything that we learned concerning this book, I want to consider a few questions here. And I want to answer them for you. Because again, this is the last book of the entire Bible, but I've had pastors tell me I don't spend very much time in that book because I just don't understand it and you know that's why we have you guys come out and do prophecy conferences because we simply don't understand that. And you know what? I totally understand. Because I've heard some interpretations of the book of Revelation and I was like, "No, no, no." And people just went down so many rabbit trails and different things and it you know, it's it's really great to have one of us come out and do a prophecy conference because it can really unlock your understanding uh to a lot of this when you see how it's all coming to pass right now. But okay, so let me go through a few questions. Number one, what are the three sections of the book of Revelation? We went through a lot of this, but I want to make sure you get it. John answered this question in his very first chapter, Revelation 119. The three sections of the book of Revelation, John, write the things which thou hast seen, the things which are, and the things which will be hereafter. So these are the three sections of the entire book of Revelation. The things which thou hast seen was given to John in chapter one. The things which are presently on the earth at that time were given to John in chapters two and three. Seven churches on the earth during John's era. The things which shall be here after begin in Revelation four verse one. After this I looked and behold, a door was opened in heaven and the first voice which I heard was as it were a trumpet talking with me and said, hey John, Come up hither. I want to show you the things which will be hereafter. And this is where the prophetic part of the book of Revelation begins, where John is shown the things which must be hereafter. The second question, what are the four divisions of Revelation? And I want to get pretty detailed here because I want to make sure you get this. Which, um, the, the, what are these four divisions which dramatize the second coming of Jesus Christ? Remember, we've said many times there's four accounts of the second coming of Jesus Christ in the book of Revelation. If you believe the book of Revelation is written in chronological order, okay, you're going to have Jesus Christ coming back four times. He only comes back once. So you've got to understand this. The book of Revelation is not written in chronological order. There are several stories or set of events that leads to... His coming and it's told from different perspectives just like Matthew Mark Luke and John okay so it's four different stories but they're all told by John but they all end at the same time the four accounts so the following is I wanted to give you a chapter and verse for the beginning and ending of each one of these that way you can kind of grasp what's going on and when you understand which one of these um, seg- these accounts that they're in you get, a, you get an understanding of the book of Revelation. So from Revelation 4, 1, where John's told to come up hither, to Revelation 8, 1 and verse 5, that's the first account of the second coming of Jesus Christ. So Revelation 4 and 5 are both included in that. You understand? Now, when you get to some of these, there are parenthetical chapters that are thrown in there explanatory chapters, um, which give like a, a, a really a greater explanation. When you throw in like revelation chapter seven, that's the revival chapter. You've got the, the 144,000, a remnant of the Jewish population. And then the, um, the multitude, no man can number. It's an explanatory chapter. Then it jumps right back in to revelation eight, one, where it talks about the seventh uh, vial where there's 30, 30 minutes in heaven and things like that. So, but you've got, once you understand how this is all segmented out and the parenthetical chapters and everything, it really becomes pretty easy. But the account, the first account, Revelation 4, 1, through Revelation chapter 8, verse 1 and 5. Then in Revelation uh, 8, verse 6, through Revelation 11, 19, it gives another account. That's the trumpet's account. And in Revelation 12, through Revelation fourteen twenty, it's another account. It talks about a um, the the woman with twelve stars around her head. There's a war in heaven. You have the parenthetical chapter of the uh, revelation of the uh, Satan's kingdom, um, the the world government, world religion, uh, mark of the beast, and then in Revelation four twenty, it ends with the simultaneous harvest. Again, the second coming of Jesus Christ. Then you go to Revelation fifteen. And it gets into where it's going to start, into the vials. And that goes to Revelation 19, verse 21. Now, included in that, though, is Revelation 17 and 18, which are parenthetical chapters, explanatory. That explains the judgment of the false religious system in the end time. But from Revelation from 15 to 19 is included the entire story. So these are four accounts of the second coming of Jesus Christ. Each one of these divisions ends with the second coming of Jesus Christ, the rapture, and the battle of Armageddon even. So it's very, very important we understand these things. Once you understand them, this book of Revelation is awesome. And we want you to understand it. That's why we talk about it so often because we're living through it right now.
1: Most of us walk around day by day, blind to the prophecies being fulfilled right before us. Every news report brings a new piece to the puzzle in the race towards the final seven years and the second coming of Jesus Christ. Now, more than ever, it is important for God's people to understand the times in which we are living. On November the 12th, 2013, Go to JerusalemProphecyCollege.com. You're listening to an end of the age encore presentation.
0: So, <clears throat> another question. What are the four, what, let, 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 what are the chapters and verses, let's say, for the four accounts of the rapture in Revelation? Because, again, if you try to look at this, that it's all written in chronological order, you'll have the rapture and the second coming happen four times. So, but they're all told, there's only one rapture, there's only one second coming, but they're, they, they're told many times through the book of Revelation. Uh, Revelation 18.5, or I'm sorry, Revelation 8.5. Uh, the Bible says, and there were voices, thunderings, earthquake, and great hail. That happens at the rapture and the second coming. Revelation 11:15 through 19. The Bible says again, and there were voices, thunderings, earthquake and great hail. Again, Revelation 4:14 4, through 16. This is the first of the two harvests. This is the harvest of the wheat, which is the rapture. In other words, there's a simultaneous harvest in Revelation 14. The the angels come in with sickles to reap the harvest. There's the harvest of the of the, of the um vine the, of the Harvest of the, of the earth and then the harvest of the vine of the earth. It's the exact same account as the harvest of the wheat and the tares in Matthew 13. It's the exact same thing. Well, that's given in Revelation 14. And it's another account of the rapture, the second coming, and the battle of Armageddon. Revelation 19, verse 7 through 11. This is where the marriage of the lamb uh, is come and the bride hath now made herself ready. So there's four accounts of the rapture and the second coming in the book of Revelation again. It's just over and over and over. What's the book of Revelation? It's the unveiling of Jesus Christ. It's what we're looking for, the second coming. So let's go through some timelines of the book of Revelation really quick. In in, in order for this understanding to be clear, I want to review the five timelines of the book of revelation i'm going to have to do this quickly try to get it done the timeline of the seven seals the first seal is found in revelation 6:2 and it's the white horse and it's the symbol of catholicism you can look that up go through our teachings you'll understand the second seal in revelation 6:4 that's the red horse, the symbol of communism. These are spirits that go forth into the earth controlling the ideologies of men. Zechariah chapter 6, verse 1 through 8. I'm not going to take time to explain it all. You just got to trust me. The third seal is found in uh, Revelation 6:5. That's the black horse, symbol, symbol of capitalism. The fourth seal found in Revelation 6:8, That's the green horse, Chloros in the original Greek, green, it's a symbol of Islamism, the uprising, the, the upsurge of Islamism in the world today. We're feeling it right now. The fifth seal, Revelation six, verse nine through 11, represents the souls under the altar, uh, or it, it, and it talks about the souls on the altar. That that's represents the, the scene of a great tribulation, of the great tribulation. The fifth seal equals the great tribulation. The sixth seal found in Revelation 6, verse 12 through 17 depicts the heaven's opening as it was rolled together like a scroll. It happens during the battle of Armageddon and the second coming. The seventh seal found in Revelation chapter 8, verse 1 and 5. Remember, there's a parenthetical chapter thrown in there, chapter 7. It talks about the 30 minutes of silence in heaven. This is the rapture, and it concludes with the words, again, and there were voices, thunderings, earthquakes, and a great hail. That um, sentence is in the book of Revelation three times. Revelation 8, Revelation 11, and Revelation 16 at the end of the vials. All of this it's told over and over, folks. So the timeline of the seven trumpets, the first trumpet is found in Revelation 8-7, symbolizes World War I. The second trumpet is found in Revelation uh, 8 verse 8 and 9, represents World War II. The third trumpet found in Revelation 8 verse 10 through 11 is the Chernobyl nuclear explosion. The fourth trumpet in Revelation 8:12 talks about the shortening of the days, the speeding up of time. The fifth trumpet, that was that would have been um, 89 with the tearing down of the balloon Wall. The fifth trumpet in Revelation 9, verse 1 through 11, provides information about the Gulf War uh, and um, Saddam Hussein. The sixth trumpet, that would have been uh, 90 91. The sixth trumpet, Revelation 9, 13 through 21, predicts a future World War III that's coming that will kill one-third of the world's population. The seventh trumpet, Revelation 11, 15, is the battle of Armageddon and the rapture. The Lord comes back with his reward uh, to give the prophets and the saints. And then the timeline of the seven vials. So this is a future. This, is, this is not begun, have, has not begun yet. The seals have already begun. The trumpets, the first five trumpets have already sounded. Those events have occurred. We're looking for the sixth trumpet just ahead of us now. Then the first vial, the the seven vials in Revelation, the the vials of the wrath of God. It's important that you understand the the wrath of God is not the great tribulation. The great tribulation, not the wrath of God. That's the wrath of Satan. That's found in a parenthetical chapter, chapter 12, after the war in heaven. The Bible says Woe to the inhabitants of the earth! Satan comes down into you having great wrath, and he persecutes Israel, or he persecutes Israel and the. And the uh, those that have the testimony of Jesus Christ, and, and there's it talks about a three and a half year period. That's the great tribulation. The wrath of God is poured out at the seven vials of the wrath of God. That's found in Revelation 16, um, and it in in the first vial found in Revelation 16:2. It's, the Bible says there was a grievous and noisome sore placed on those who have taken the mark of the beast during the tribulation period. So we know the wrath of God is not poured out to the very end of the great tribulation. Not during, but at the very end. Very short period of time. The second vow, Revelation sixteen three, The Bible says the sea became blood. Does it mean every sea on earth? Don't believe so. Believe it's localized right there in where um, it, where the Battle of Armageddon has taken place, and I could I, I, I just did a new DVD on the seven vials. It'll explain all that in great detail. Under the third vial in Revelation 16:4, the rivers become blood. Under the fourth vial, uh, Revelation 16:8 through nine, men will be scorched by the sun. Under the fifth vial, Revelation 16. Ten, there's going to be a great plague of horrible darkness on the kingdom of the Antichrist. Under the sixth vial of Revelation 16, uh, verses 12 through 16, the Euphrates River will be dried up to make way for the kings of the East to come down for the Battle of Armageddon. The seventh vial of Revelation 16, verse 17 through 21, this reveals the history's um, reveals history's greatest earthquake. And also the greatest hail that the world has ever experienced. I mean, um, that weighs uh, a talent, you know, 100, 120 pounds. Also contained in this seventh vial is the rapture. Now, if we were going to to integrate these three timelines that I just went through, put them all together, how would that look? I think I can get this done before the end of this segment. So if, you, if, you want, if you're gonna write here, you gotta write really fast to catch all this, okay? Uh, maybe you could play this segment over again as something if you're deviling this program or whatever, but let's do a giant timeline here. The first seal represents Catholicism, began around, what, 300 AD. Second seal, uh, symbolizing communism, began around 1848 AD. Third seal, Capitalism, um, and the fourth seal represents Islamism. Then, if we were doing a giant timeline here, then the arrival of the first trumpet, World War I, um, 1914. Then the, after the second trumpet, uh, World War II, started in 1939, uh, ended in forty five. The third trumpet sounded, uh, which was the Chernobyl nuclear accident, uh, 19... Uh, April 26th, 1986. Fourth trumpet, Berlin Wall fell. The days were shortened. Uh, we long, that was the catalyst that launched us into the New World Order. Um, that would have been uh, 89 again. Fifth trumpet was the Gulf War, 90, 1990, 91. Sixth trumpet, the Euphrates River War, and uh, then World War three. Then comes the fifth seal, Souls under the altar, great tribulation. Then comes the sixth seal, sixth vial, the battle of Armageddon, wrath of God. All happens simultaneously. There's, again, there's not four accounts of this in the book of Revelation. It's the same, It's the it, there's only one event, but it's told four different times. That's, that is so key when you're trying to figure out the book of Revelation. Under the seventh seal, the seventh trumpet, the seventh vial, all happening at the same time. There's a silence in heaven, and this is when the rapture takes place. The timeline for the seven vials just ahead, the the seven uh, years just ahead. final seven years begins with a treaty signed between the Palestinians and Israelis, the Middle East Peace Treaty. That launches the the final seven years preceding the Battle of Armageddon and the second coming of Jesus Christ to the earth, under that peace treaty, the Temple Mount is going to be placed under a sharing arrangement. This is when the prophesied end-time revival is going to begin. And the revival will continue throughout that seven-year period, culminating at the second coming of Jesus to the earth. During the first three and one-half years of the seven-year period, the Jews, the, um, their, their third temple is going to be built. Once the temple is built, animal sacrifices are going to be resumed. Uh, since the Jewish people are going to feel obligated to offer sacrifices under the Old Testament law, the priests are being trained right now. Halfway through the final seven-year period, final three and one-half years begins. At that time, there's the war in heaven between Satan and his angels and God and his angels. Uh, Satan's going to be defeated. Consequently, he's going to come, be confined to the earth, forbidden from ever appearing in heaven again. At that time, the abomination of desolation occurs when the Antichrist is revealed. The false prophet who supports the Antichrist will appear on the world scene. And that begins the Great Tribulation. That's the final three and one half year period. And also at that time is when Satan sends his two angels out, uh, his two agents, the Antichrist and the false prophet, that's when the two witnesses, God, will send his two witnesses out and they will begin their ministries during that final three and one-half years. And it's during that time the Antichrist is going to expand his control over the world. And toward the end of that reign, he's going, end of his reign, that final three and a half years, he's going to implement the mark of the beast to make sure everyone pledges allegiance to him and worships him. And at the end of that seven-year period, the second coming of Jesus Christ will take place uh, and the, that, it's at that time the Jews will meet their Messiah. The Antichrist and the false prophet will be cast into the lake of fire. At the very same time, Satan's going to be bound in the bottomless pit for a thousand years. Jesus is going to be crowned King of Kings, Lord of Lords. And that's going to put us into that 1,000-year millennial reign of peace with Jesus Christ and his church. It's at the end of that 1,000-year millennial reign, we have the great white throne of judgment. Satan is loose for a short period. He's going to bring the nations uh, down to Jerusalem in battle, and the Lord's going to say, I'm done. He consumes them with a fire from heaven. We have the great white throne of judgment, and then we go off into eternity with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The key thing here is to have your name written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Everyone whose name is not written in the Lamb's Book of Life, was cast into the lake of fire at the great right throne of judgment. No matter what you do, have your name written in the Lamb's Book of Life.
3: This has been End of the Age, brought to you by the faithful partners of End Time Ministries. If you're not currently a partner with End Time Ministries, or if you would like more information